Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, man, do I have the best deal for you. How about going with my friends at Bet Online? This is one of the busiest times of year. College football, NFL, hockey is starting, NBA upcoming, baseball playoffs soon as well. Plus, hey, the Ryder Cup so you can lay some money down on Team USA as well. 50% off your welcome bonus today with Bet Online. Head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. It's a 50% bonus up to $1,000 with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet Online. Betonline.ag is the website. Bet Online, where the game starts. Fall is simply football season, and fans across the country are hoping that preseason hype leads to postseason success. In the NFL, we'll see if early Super Bowl favorites like the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Bills can hold off up-and-comers. And college football fans are wondering if Georgia will make it a three-peat or if top-ranked challengers like Michigan or Florida State can take home the national championship trophy. The college football and NFL seasons are defined by big plays, injuries, and coaching decisions. As a football fan, I also want to hear about the behind-the-scenes and off-field stories that shape the season. The football interviews and topics you hear on the ML Sports Platter are shaped by lessons learned at St. Bonaventure University. The online Master of Arts in Sports Journalism at St. Bonnie equips reporters and hosts for digital storytelling across the sports world. Students learn how to tell compelling stories through digital and traditional platforms. They are also encouraged to envision the future of sports journalism with their capstone projects. This 100% online degree builds on decades of academic excellence, and I'm a proud Bonnie, and I can tell you that you can join me in a growing list of notable graduates, including the New York Post's Mike Vaccaro and ESPN's Raina Banks. In fact, you'll hear from an accomplished alum or industry expert during video masterclasses in each course. Contact an enrollment advisor at sbujournalism.com. That's sbujournalism.com today to learn more about the online Master of Sports Journalism. That's sbujournalism.com. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonnette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're brought to you by Jam and Beats, Rosie's Corner, Brewerton Ace Hardware, and Bonnet Sales and Service. Hey, Route 11 is Central Square. If you're in and around Central New York, Bonnet Sales and Service, the official garage door company of the ML Sports Platter. Estimates available now no matter where you live in Central New York. And yes, you can visit them online at bonnetsalesandservice.com. If your garage door fails, Called Bonnet Sales and Service. No two ways about it. Buffalo Bills, their season is is on the brink. It's on the line. I mean, this Thursday uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, when you go and and you lose. Now look, they've lost two games out of the last three, but really should have lost three in a row. That Giants game. You know, they played a, a shredded offensive line, a mediocre defense, a backup quarterback, and Saquon Barkley. Even with him giving the different looks to the Bills, um, you know, was playing at about 75 percent. So they should have lost that game. You lose to the Patriots and you lose in London to the Jaguars, a really, really good football team. Um, but again, Bills went in there and, you know, you thought maybe that they were favored. The common theme is, and I mean, look, I, I could go six, seven, eight hours on this stuff. I'm going to give you about 20 minutes, 25. Um, really tight week for me, heading out of town at the end of the week. Just uh, It's just banana lands these days, you know, two kids under the age of four and, you know. Trying to sell a house, moving, uh, coming off a dislocated shoulder, right? Life stuff. You know, lost my mom almost a year ago. So it's just, it's, it's, 
you can't, you can't keep up sometimes, and I'm kind of right there. But I'm um, going to give you at least 20, maybe even 25, 30. But um, the reality is there's one common theme. You can yell and scream about Sean McDermott's game management, and I have. You can yell and scream about Josh Allen throwing a pick here and there, and I have. You can yell and scream about the inconsistencies on both sides of the ball, and I have. You can yell and scream about the coaching, which has been poor by McDermott, which has then turned into penalties and miss, uh, just missing the mark in game management again. You can talk about playing down to the competition. You can play uh, the card of, well, hey, the injuries, right? You can do all of those things. But what the number one common theme is, if somebody came to me, because these things are layered, I just told you a lot of the layers and probably left about four or five things out. But the common theme, the layer it starts with, right, is the slow starts. The Bills offense has no tempo, no rhythm. They come out and they're lethargic. You almost are dreading them getting the football. You literally are. Like, I was sitting there when, <clears throat> you know, New England took it down, and you're like, all right, whatever, you know, like, they got a field goal, first drive, that's nice, this isn't going to last type of a thing, and you're kind of sitting there going, the Bills are still going to, you know, hopefully pull away from this this team, right? I mean, it was just a field goal. They went down nine plays, 63 yards, defense got shredded, but, you know, give them time, it's early, right? You kind of have those thoughts early in the game, which is fine. And then the first play from scrimmage, Josh Allen throws a pick. And right before that, I had a weird feeling about him and that drive and everything that's gone on because the Bills came a yard away from losing the week before at home to the New York football giants, a bad football team. And they go into New England against a bad football team. And all of a sudden the Patriots get the ball back and they steamroll again down and they're 10 up against the Bills. And you're like, oh my God. This is happening again. They're going to have to play from behind. Here we go. It took them two and a half, three quarters to get it going against the Jaguars. No excuse. And it took them a while to get, well, they never got going against the Giants, the offense that is. And then against New England, it legitimately took them until I would probably say in fairness, I would probably say until the early part of the fourth quarter. Because even though the Bills went down the field right out of the gate in the first half, it was a tremendous 10-play, 81-yard drive over 507. And we've seen a million of those drives with this regime and Josh Allen and Diggs and company. We've seen a bunch of those drives. When they need it, they get it. And they got it. But they're still down three. And then New England comes down and they you know waste 520-plus in clock. Then they kick a field goal. And you're like, yeah, well, the Bills are kind of still in the driver's seat, right? I mean, I think, you know, and you have a lot of things going through your head, I think, at that point. You know, it's it's 16 to 10. <clears throat> we need another one. We need one more of those drives we just spoke of. And that brings me to the most frustrating drive of the game. With the Bills down 16 to 10, I'm going to talk about what happened next, <clears throat> why it mattered so much, and then the rest of this game, and then, of course, the season being on the line on Thursday. As I record this, in a few days, the season is on the line against the Buccaneers. And I'll explain more about that, why that's the case. And it just isn't about losing to the Patriots and, and, and you know looking terrible. Um, the Bills got a favor from the Eagles. We'll get into that as well. 
but I'll break down this this horrendous drive that really, to me, changed the outlook of the game and kept them sleepwalking through 75% of the test, as my guy Joe Biscaglia would say from The Athletic. You know, Joe said it on his pod. You cannot, the Buffalo Beat, what a great show. You cannot sleepwalk 75% of the way through. By the way, actually, before I take a timeout, I want to quickly shout out Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot as well, uh, whose podcast was just on fire. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a religious listener to all of the, the Bills guys, not all, but most, you know, the Joe Biscalias and, you know, Sal Marana in terms of reading and watching and listening and, you know, to pods and articles and this and that. And there's so many guys out there right now who are doing great work. I mean, you've got Matt and, and, and Ryan, uh, you've got Sal Marana, you've got, um, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Joe Biscalia, tremendous stuff there. Tim Graham, Matt Fairburn, when he's doing a little bit of Bills as well still. Um, it's just across the board, man. I mean, there's so many big time bills, media people, you know, Nick Sabato's a rising star, um, in the business. Uh, so there's just, there's so many guys out there who I really, really like, you know, my guy, Mike Catalana crushing it in Rochester, all my favorite people. I try to read, listen and watch as much as I can. Matt and Ryan, their shows are great every time, but my God, did they take it up a notch? I mean, they were animated. They were fair. They were fun. They were direct. Uh, they were intense, uh, that you got to listen to this recap show after this game. I mean, it's it's really good. <laughs> it's really really good. So I'm gonna get into more Bills Pats coming up schedule uh, that brutal drive and heck of a lot more here on the ML Sports Platter. Brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Welch and Company Jewelers, and Elevate Fitness of Syracuse. Mike Lindsley with you here. It's an ML Sports Platter edition, a little Bills-Patriots recap, and of course, tying in the theme of, yes, the season is on the line for the Buffalo Bills, and we're brought to you by the Allen Angus Pub before and after all the big events in downtown Syracuse. Make sure you go grab the best darn Angus burger in town. They've got the amazing seafood bisque soup on occasion, as well as the best draft beer in town. So make sure you head on over to the Allen Angus Pub, pick up those gift cards for any and all occasions, and that awesome swag with the hats and shirts as well. I think quarter zips are coming soon says my man Matt Beach. So get on over to the Allen Angus Pub and a tip of the cap thank you as well to associate sponsors Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, Trey Waluski of Under Armour Golf, and our friend from Maple Down Senior Living Community, Courtney. Make sure that uh, you definitely go with Courtney and Maple Down Senior Living Community. Move that loved one in today and visit caring.com for more information. The drive that killed me, the drive that did it all, the drive that had to get you know the bills to come back, and this is, again, the slow starts, the bad tempo, the whole thing, Ken Dorsey, all that stuff at the beginning of the games. In fact, I think I even talked about the beginning of the games and I didn't even say the name Ken Dorsey because I just wanted my blood to not boil. I wanted to get through 10 minutes of this podcast without mentioning Ken Dorsey. Look, by the way, he was handpicked by the Bills. He was handpicked by Josh Allen. I don't know if he's going to get fired or not. I really don't. McDermott certainly is not going to uh, you know, take an axe to his own head. Um, but Ken Dorsey's a major problem with this whole uh, puzzle too, right? I mean, he's a major, major, major problem. Again, I don't think it's everything with Dorsey. I think it's something. Kind of like the coronavirus. I don't think it's everything. I think it's something. Here we go. The Bills are down 16 to 10. It is in the third quarter. They desperately need another drive to take momentum back. They need their franchise quarterback. They need the offensive line. They need the ground game. They need everybody, right? So we start out with an incomplete pass to Diggs. Of course, they were targeting Diggs, okay? This is, by the way, less than five minutes to go in the third quarter. Then you get a penalty, of course you do, against Deion Dawkins. 
um, which is a false start, which is completely and utterly unacceptable. Then it's second and 15, and Allen makes an incomplete pass again, targeting Stephon Diggs. Shocking. Then you have Allen passing short right to Latavius Murray on a play that I thought was basically dead. I really did. Allen kind of did a little nimble, nimble tiptoe type of a thing, scrambles a little bit out. By the way, he was under duress like crazy. Great points on Sunday Night Football by Jason Garrett and, of course, McCourty break, or uh, Chris Sims breaking down film. Almost 70 of the snaps by the Bills, uh, about 66, I think they said, to be exact. Um, you know, most of them, he was under high duress right away. Uh I think it was like 45, close to 45 snaps. He was under like high duress within like one Mississippi. I mean, it was that, it was that, there was that much pressure by New England and they didn't even have Matthew Judon. So the offensive line for the Bills had arguably their worst uh, day of, of, of the year. Um, so here we go, right? So the Bills get it to Murray and they bail themselves out of that. They go to the 37 yard line. Then Allen passes short to Shakir for six. Dorsey goes right back to the run, which I loved because in that spot, you're like, the defense is on its heels. James Cook up in the middle for five. Now the Bills are really getting going. They have a first down. Oh, wait. Here's where I I just lost it. You get the first down with Cook. You showed him the look. You're like, dude, we can run it and we can throw it. This is where you open it back up and you hit a Kincaid again. Or you go right back to Diggs. Or where the F is Gabe Davis in this game? What does Ken Dorsey do? A first and 10. A first and 10. You're almost at midfield. You have a new set of downs. You have fresh legs in life. He goes to Latavius Murray, a slow running back, who, by the way, shouldn't have even been in the game at that point because they're moving the ball successfully with James Cook, and they lo- they get one yard. So now you've stunted everything that you've done. The bailout throw to Murray in the first play, and I give Murray credit for catching it again the first down. He, was, he, he caught it, and he moved. I mean, he got that first down. It was Allen and Murray making that play, so I give him credit. But that doesn't mean that you hand the ball off to him right away. What in the actual F is that, Ken Dorsey? Seriously. You know, you, 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 you escaped a bad penalty, you escaped a third and long, and you've got the defense on its heels with a new fresh set of downs and a new life. And you go right to the left side of the offense with a run with your slowest back? What the hell are you doing? Then it's second and nine. Of course, Allen has to scramble up the middle because nothing's going on for a yard. Oh, look at that again. The Bills, another problem with this team. Third and eight. Josh Allen, short pass middle to Dalton Kincaid for seven yards. What happens now? Josh Allen, the unicorn, gets a first down with a run up the middle. Wow. End of the third quarter. Now they have more life again. They have new life. What are they going to do coming out? They run the ball again. Now, you could go one of two ways. You'd be like, okay, I kind of like it. I don't mind it because you're coming out of the, the quarter. Both teams are kind of resetting. They're kind of trying to get back on their feet again. You know, you're, you're, you might be guessing. You might be not guessing. Trying to, okay, is it run? Is it pass? What? But I wouldn't have run it there either. It one didn't bother me as much as the Murray run, but I wouldn't have bothered it there. I wouldn't have bothered with a run there either. You know, I really wouldn't have. But he does, and they get three yards. And then you're in second and long, and they're incomplete to Stephon Diggs. And now you're in third and long again, <laughs> which is a theme all freaking year. Allen short left to Diggs for five yards. Now, here it comes. Fourth and two. Got to figure out how to do this. And another theme of the year, another layer of the year, is Josh Allen finding his way. Takes him a while to get going as well. When you have the quarterback and the OC not in sync with tempo, rhythm, and all the rest, blame who you want. Allen's early pick. Ken Dorsey's awful play calling. 
They go one and the same in the beginning of games, and Allen starts cooking, and when Allen starts cooking, Dorsey takes 20 steps back, and then Allen has to do too much again. What happens here? Allen creates. Allen steps away. Allen gets away. Allen creates. He's the unicorn. 6'5", 250, and he makes the play to get the ball to Dawson Knox. Is it a perfect throw? No. Is it a pretty darn good throw considering the elements? Yeah. Now, I know that there are a lot of times where a quarterback gets pressured and it's just a little bit off, which causes the receiver to move a little bit or have the hands go a little bit different or be in a different motion or not do whatever you need to do to be in a perfect spot. But you know what? This isn't practice, man. You're not throwing the ball with nobody around you. You're not in your backyard 10 feet apart and throwing a football to each other where you should never, ever, 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 ever drop the ball. Well, guess what? In this case... With a 95% perfect throw, you should never, ever, 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 ever drop the ball also because you're getting paid $14 million a year. And listen, I feel for Dawson Knox. Maybe his mind isn't right from last year losing his brother. I can relate. I'm lost without my mom. Dawson Knox might be lost without his brother. He might not be able to focus. I don't know what's going on. I love Dawson Knox. He's a great dude. He's best buddies with Allen. He's an unbelievable locker room presence. He's unbelievable in the community. I have to always say those things before, you know, people, you know, I, I just want people to know that I do like the guy and I root for him and I really, really, I mean, outside of like a couple of, well, I don't know. Right now I might root for Dawson Knox more than anybody on the team because of those reasons, right? But maybe he, maybe that is still bothering him. I don't know. But from a football standpoint, he has always had trouble catching the ball in big spots. And that's the other thing. Davis, Cook, Knox, doesn't matter. Where are the drops? They're at huge, huge points of the game. Huge. Jaguars, Giants, now Patriots. Huge parts of the game. So that drive goes kapui. Then the Patriots get a, uh, go down and score, 22-10. And you're like, yep, that's it. There's no way. Then Josh Allen shows up again in the Superman cape. <laughs> it's 22-10 New England. The Bills go five plays, 75 yards, and it's 22-17. You're like, oh, yeah, right. And then two plays later, well, wait, one play later, Taron Johnson should have had an interception. And then the second play, the second play. Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? Well, actually, Mac Jones passed short right to Brown, uh, but there was a penalty on New England, and it got brought back. So that was a negated play. And the next play, the real play, incomplete, but it should have been picked off by Taron Johnson. The play after that, Jordan Poyer pokes it loose. Terrell Bernard gets it. Bills take the ball down, score a touchdown, and they get the two-point conversion, and they're up by three points. Josh Allen going nuts on the sideline, trying to rally him. And then the defense that had been a little bit... Oh, by the way, Dawson Knox caught the ball in the end zone for the two-point conversion. And then... They let Mac Jones go all the way down the field. The Bills struggled all day long with pressure on the ends. Where was Greg Rousseau? Where was Leonard Floyd? Where were these guys? Where were they? I have no idea. New England marches down. They went 29-25. By the way, the last drive that the Bills were kind of trying to find miracles, Allen made a perfect throw to Stephon Diggs, which would have put him at the 30, but Stephon Diggs dropped the ball. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. So it's layered. Every bit of this is layered. Every single part of it is layered. There's no other way to say it. The Bills only had one sack against, what, one of the worst offensive lines in in the NFL going in? But, like, where was Greg Russo? You know, where were were these guys rushing the football? 
You know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. And I said Leonard Floyd, but he didn't, he didn't play. I, I meant AJ Epinesa. You know, like, where are these guys? You know, and injuries you can use as an excuse when? Like, when can you use them? You know, can you use them? Can you use them against Kansas City and Philadelphia and San Fran? Maybe that's the only time. And then even then, nobody really cares about your injuries. Can't use them against the Giants and Patriots, I'll tell you that. So it's layered. It goes from up top to bottom, right? It's McDermott, his game management. I think he's overwhelmed. HC and DC duties. Josh Allen, early, early pick. O-line was horrendous, right? Drops inconsistency from Dorsey. Can't get in tempo and rhythm early. Defense gets absolutely housed by Mac Jones in the offensive line. Tackling's been brutal, right? Sean McDermott hung on to all those timeouts at the end of the first half. Don't know why, right? Playing down to your competition. I mean, they're, it, 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 I go on and on and on and on. And it leads me to the season being on the line. There is no other reason, uh, 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 you know, to, to say it otherwise. I mean, there's, there's no other way to say it otherwise, I should say. I mean, this team has played awful the last three weeks. They got away with one, one, two, uh, excuse me. They got away with one, lost two instead of three. And where is this team that we saw after the Jets game until the Jacksonville game? Where's the Vegas, Washington, Miami wins? Where are those? Speaking of Miami, the Eagles beat them. Favor for the Bills. You look at it one of two ways. Well, they gave them a favor, kept them one game within the Dolphins, or you could go, yeah, threw away first place. I don't know. But the season's on the line. Michaels, Herb Street, Prime Video, Thursday night. 25 to 35 million people watching. You lose that game, you're done. I am I am absolutely, positively going to say it. I'm safe saying it. I'm not living in the moment. It's not hyperbole. It's not BS. They lose that game. This season is over. They will officially unwind. They will officially have changes. There will be absolute chaos in the building. I don't care what anybody says. McDermott will have lost control without, you know, being at the microphone and showing it. You know, I'm sick and tired of the cliches, by the way. I'm sick and tired of the whole, we're going to learn from it. I'm sick and tired of, we got to look at the tape. I'm sick and tired of, you know, I don't know what's wrong. I'm sick. You, 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 you should know what's wrong. You're an NFL head coach and you hold timeouts. You're a terrible game manager and you shouldn't be the DC and the HC and your ego's gotten too big. That's what's wrong from a McDermott standpoint. An Allen standpoint, he throws bad picks. He turns the ball over and then he's one of the greatest athletes in the world later on. He has guys wide open all the time. That's on Allen. Sometimes he should throw it to him. Sometimes he probably is afraid to throw it to him because they're dropping the ball. See why I'm saying it's layered? Ooh, there's James Cook. Wow, he's wide open. Now, they threw it to him yesterday a lot more, and he caught the ball all day. James Cook was really good on the field. He was a positive. Allen's second half was a positive. Terrell Bernard, again, was a positive. Um, you know, there were, there were a lot of positives in the game. Dalton Kincaid was a positive, right? Like, there were certain things that were good. Um but it's a small sample size. And I just am befuddled here at the situation. I never thought in week eight that we'd sit here saying that the season's on the line, but it is because they have to win this game because then they go at Cincinnati, brutal, brutally tough game. Then it's Denver and the Jets at home. Again, remember how this was like the easy part of the schedule? Yeah. They're going at Cincy, at Philly as well in the stretch. So it's Tampa at home, at Cincy, home for Denver, home for the Jets, at Philly. The hope is that you can start beating the teams that you're supposed to beat, beat Tampa, beat Denver, beat the Jets at home. That's three wins. And then can you find a way to play up to your competition on primetime NBC or Romo Nance Thanksgiving weekend in Philadelphia? What a game that would be to go to. 
right? Can you split that and save your season in this five-game stretch? A five-game stretch, can you go four and one and save it? And then go into the bye week and you have all new life. Because if you're four and one going into that bye week in this stretch, you would be eight and four overall and you're still okay. You're eight and four. Division's still going to be up for grabs. You've got five games left. You know, if you if you go three and two down the stretch, that's exactly where I had him to begin with. Just in different kind of order, right? Like, I'm not like, that's a win, this is a loss type of thing because injuries in the NFL, you can't predict it. And you can't really predict when teams are going to go into a swoon. The Bills, we never thought they'd go into a swoon during the easiest part of the schedule. We just didn't. Or at least the beginning of the easiest part of the schedule, which is where they're at. You know, one and one against the Giants and Pats. I think everybody went in going, no way, that those are two wins. The London game, toss up. Didn't know how good the Jags would be. We know now they're pretty good. Like, these five games, you got to win the three you're supposed to win, and then can you split the other two? I know the players and coaches will tell, oh, we're going to try to win every game. Yeah, reality is, can you win one of those two road games? Can you steal one back? Because right now, if you look at it, the Bills shouldn't win either of those games the way they're playing. They shouldn't win either. So you look at it and go, whoa, well, they're going to be three and two if they can beat the teams they should, da-da-da. That's how you would be looking at it. But because you lose to New England... You have to go, well, can they steal? Will they steal? Right? You're asking it in questions as opposed to, they can win one. They can win one of those. They can win both of them. Well, it's not that Bills team that we're talking about now. We're asking the questions. We're wondering. And they have the loss of the Pats. So they must, in order to save the season, start with a win against Tampa, beat the Denver Broncos, beat the Jets. Those are all home games, zero excuses, but there hasn't been there haven't been excuses the last two weeks either. And then can you split those two? And then if you're 8-4, and four, can you go 3-2 and two down the stretch? I think that might be enough to win the division. Miami's got tough games coming up too. At KC, home for Dallas, at Chargers, home for New England, at Miami to close it. I think in there you can get three wins. But again, that's all predicated on this stretch. ML Sports Platter. Interesting times in Western New York. Brought to you by our good friends at Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Courtney at Maple Down Senior Living Community. Brian Conboy at Mass Mutual New York State. And CH Insurance in your corner every day, every way. Find out more about their boost program at chinsurance.cc. That's their boost program for local business owners at chinsurance.cc. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. This is John Serino at CH Insurance. Over the years, the Orange have set a great example of teamwork. It's what we strive for every day with our talented team, clients, and partners. Follow us on social media. Go SU, we're in your corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.